Hello, hello, fellow therapists. Welcome back to Holding Space for Therapists. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas, and I am back with a few new episodes over the next coming weeks. And we are starting off today talking with former therapist turned graphic designer to talk all about website design when you're a clinician. My guest today is Monica from Hold Space Creative. She's a former art therapist and counselor turned web designer, and she's passionate about making therapy more accessible by helping clinicians present themselves in the more accessible ways in the digital space. Together, we discuss why a website is so important when it comes to marketing, and she shares her view about how a website is actually more than just a marketing tool. We explore branding and design and how a therapist can factor in their personality and why that's actually really important. I'm really excited to share this conversation with all of you, so let's get to the episode. You're listening to Holding Space for Therapists, a podcast for modern therapists. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy, and I'm passionate about supporting therapists and building profitable, sustainable, and meaningful private practices. Are you ready to build or grow your modern private practice? Let's dive in. Monica, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today about branding and design and websites and marketing as a therapist. I'm so thrilled that we finally got a chance to sit down and have this conversation with each other. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Cassidy. I'm super excited to talk about this stuff with you and yeah, looking forward to get started. So can you first give us a little bit of context? Tell us a little bit about yourself and the driving force that brought you to do the work that you do. Yeah, so um, I'm a web designer, but I used to be an art therapist and a counselor. So um, this could be a really long story. I'll try to keep it short. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) I love love context, you know, and the audience is therapists, so I think we all kind of like context. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I figured. I'll give you, you know, a full version. So, um, so yeah, so I have kind of always been an artist my whole life, um, and I've also always been just really curious in the internal world, Um, so, like, how the mind works and how body works and things like that. So um, throughout school, I was involved in not only like visual arts, but performing arts as well. And then, um, so by the time I got to college, I'm trying to decide, you know, like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? Um, I really was gravitating toward art. And so I went to art school and I, I was pursuing my BFA. Uh, bachelor's of fine art and within that program um, you have to create a body of work and present um, like a thesis show at the end of all of it so as I was doing that and by the way my um, BFA was in photography so as as I was doing my photography work I was also experiencing one of my first um, like really big mental health crises like yeah. Um, severe depression and anxiety and yeah. really that's you know I was just like oops, deep deep in it you know and so the only way I knew really how to 
express it was was through my art and so that's what I did my whole thesis show about was just my internal experience which felt super vulnerable (laughs) to you know create it, it helped me to like make sense of my experience but then to present that to people that I knew people that I didn't know um I wasn't sure if I'd be able to do it but the process of doing it um was huge because at the show I had several people coming up to me being like this is like this is what depression feels like Mm. this is what anxiety feels like and I don't know how you did that but (laughs) yeah that's exactly it so it was like that experience kind of like struck um struck a chord with me that like I can translate my internal experience into the external world through like visual language right Mm, yeah yeah so so naturally from there it was like this big light bulb went off in my head and I was like okay I have to pursue art therapy like I want to help other people do this too yeah so then you know I go off to grad school and pursue my art therapy and counseling degree and um you know that's that's the work I I love like everything inside me kind of lit up um just the and I was really able to kind of like hone those skills Mm -hmm. um um visual language right and so fast forward a few years um I'm working as a therapist in community mental health um I'm becoming severely burnt out (laughs) Um, (laughs) and and so then I decide to quit my job and start a business um and then of course identity crisis (laughs) I'm like what am I doing with my life um but really that thread kind of remained of really being passionate about bringing the internal experience external through art yeah um so you know kind of experimenting trying to do uh some coaching work and things like that and um it seemed like things weren't clicking for a while um but the thing that did click was my website So Uh I created a website for myself and because I had all of my training as a therapist and an art therapist, I was able to really get into the shoes of the people that I wanted to work with. And I would, you know, I was asking myself, like, what do I want them to feel like when they're on my website? And being an artist, being an art therapist that I was, I was able to translate that feeling um, onto my website. So my therapist friends, my colleagues were like, okay, can you help me with my website? Because it's a hot mess. And, um, you obviously, you know, you know what you're doing. And and I was like, I don't really know. (laughs) Uh, do I know what I'm doing? So, um, but I just kind of like went with it and, and, uh, wanted to help them. And at the same time, I was also looking for another therapist. Uh Um, and, I was having the experience that a lot of people do when searching for a therapist, which is like looking at all these websites of therapists and being like, I can't tell who you help. Mm-hmm. Like, do you help me? I don't know. Um, I don't, I can't figure out how to book an appointment. Um, you know, just kind of like kind of 
filtering through therapists wondering who's going to be the best fit for me. And it was really difficult. Um, and so that coupled with my colleagues asking me to help them with their websites, I was like, I might actually be in a position where I can make a difference here. Right. Um, like this might be a thing. This yeah. might be a thing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, um, so I kind of just went with it and it really just clicked. I realized that everything I loved, which is like creating, again, bringing that internal experience external, um, that was all there when I was designing these websites for my, for my friends and for my colleagues. Um, and I realized that if I could have a, um, a part in making better therapy websites, then other people won't have to have the struggle that I was having yeah. of trying to find the right therapist for them. Yeah. And I think that this, this kind of comes to this next question I had for you as we're kind of shifting into talking about websites and, you know, what their purpose can be for us as therapists is kind of, do you see a website as being more than just a marketing tool, right? Like, yes, like you were going onto these websites to find a therapist and these were ways in which these therapists were marketing themselves. But when the way you're describing it, Monica, it's almost like you were looking for a place that you could stick around for a while, right? A place that felt more like home kind of, mm-hmm. like a place that felt welcoming to you, like this person was actually speaking to you. And that was difficult when you were kind of bouncing around from website to website um, for some of these potential therapists that you were looking at. And so, yeah, how, what is your view in terms of what a website can be beyond just a marketing tool, right? And I think that because a lot of times we'll, when we think of just marketing, we think, okay, we need a, we need to cast a broad net, right? And like, but sometimes that can lead to these websites that maybe feel very sort of um, generic or not personal. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes so much sense. <laughs> and um, I absolutely agree that that your website is more than a marketing tool because I think, you know, as therapists, we think about a website and we think like, okay, I just need to put the information up there so that people know what I do, what I provide. It's like an informative process. Mm-hmm. And that's, okay, that's like a part of marketing, but there's so much more. People need more than just to be informed. They need to feel um, comforted and safe and um, connected to you. So, so yeah, so I think a website is definitely more, uh, a, a good website, an effective website is more than just an informative tool, right? So I like to think about marketing in general as more about connection. Mm. So we therapists are experts at connecting with their clients, at empathizing with their clients. So I think, you know, therapists could be some of the best marketers, but um, we, because of the way, you know, we um, are trained in school and everything like that, we're, we're not trained in marketing. So it seems like kind of this uh, gross, slimy thing that we have to do if we go <laughs> into private practice. Yeah. But, um, but really, it's just about connecting. It's about connecting and providing value to the people um, that you most want to help, regardless of if they work with you ever or not. 
And so I think, and relating that back to websites, you know, um, if we can, if your website can connect with the person that you want to help, the people that you want to help on an emotional level, um, yes, like you said, they're going to want to stick around for a little bit longer. They're going to want to learn more about you. Um, and they're going to want to learn from you and actually probably gain value from the resources that you have on your website. Um, and so in addition to like that connection piece, I also like to think about marketing as like building a bridge. Mm-hmm. So like we, a lot of times I see therapist websites um, kind of speaking from like a clinical place and speaking from um kind of based on the assumption that the person reading the website knows what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) um isn't that always the case and so I like to imagine so with the bridge analogy um again like I'm a visual person so I'm always like talking in analogies and metaphors so I love it. Me too. (laughs) Right. So like imagine like an island, right? And your um, ideal client, the the client that you most want to help is on that island and you are on the shoreline of like the mainland, right? And you can see that the person needs help and they're asking for help. And if you're on the shoreline, just describing what you provide, like I provide CBT, DBT, um, EMDR. Yeah. They're sitting on the island like, great, how's that helping me? <laughs> you know, right. I'm still stuck on the island. And so building, using marketing as, as a way to build a bridge is like recognizing where they're at, seeing clearly that they're on an island and trying to figure out how you can build that bridge so that they can get back mm. to the mainland. So a lot of that is about, you know, meeting them where they're at using language that they use, um, using colors and fonts that um, resonate not only with you, but with them. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, so it's it, there's a lot there, but that's kind of like an analogy that I like to use. I love, I love that analogy. And so I think a question that might come up for a therapist who's thinking about this now is, is there some kind of, is there work that needs to be done that the therapist needs to do for themselves, right? To kind of hone in on some things before they say, reach out to a graphic designer or start taking some of these like branding steps or building out that, um, that website that's going to build that bridge. Is there work that the therapist has to do first to kind of have clarity or things that they have to have clarity on before they start that process? Yes, absolutely. So um, and I think there's different levels to it too. Um, so if you're if you're looking toward like custom design, if you want a designer to create something completely custom to you, you have to know a lot about your business. You have to know a lot about your ideal client and your niche because um, they, you know, a designer is going to need that information to design something that's accurate, right? If if you're yeah. not sure who you want to help or um, how you help, or really, if you don't have that like strong foundation, it's going to be really, really hard for them to um, design something that's accurate. And you might just end up feeling 
um, frustrated or not satisfied with the final product anyway. Yeah. So, but again, like custom design isn't the only option. Um, there are, there are other options, but yeah, I think in general, you do want to know, um, it's, it's kind of an introspective process at first. You want to know, um, who you want to help, um, how you help and kind of like what makes you, um, unique. 100%. Cause I think that, you know, it sounds like this was your experience and I know this can be exper- the experience for, for many folks when they go and they're searching for a therapist and looking at different websites or directories, these sort of things is it can feel like, yeah, it can feel like, like that there's your, your, when, when you're speaking, whether it's in the copy or even just in the images, it can feel so like generalized, right? Generalizable. Like, well, anybody could resonate with like, that experience that like they're feeling overwhelmed or stressed, but it's like, I want to hear, like you said earlier, the words that like I use to describe my experience. And I know for me at first, I was scared to really hone in on that and to niche down in that way, you know? Um, But I got to say the minute that I uh, gave myself permission to really do the work, to truly imagine who that ideal client was. And I think the word ideal is a little tricky and some people might not like that, not like that word. What I mean by ideal is like the client that not only do I um, thoroughly enjoy holding space for, meaning it brings joy to my everyday and the work that I do to help these folks, but also that I am the, a good fit for this person. Like they are going to come into my therapy sessions and, re- and actually get the help that they need because I am the right fit for them too. But the, so as soon as I gave myself permission to really do that work and hone in on that, it was a huge game changer in my business, in my practice, um, even doing things like copy for my website, which can sometimes feel like overwhelming, just it flowed. It came so much more easy. Um, this is one of the reasons why in, um, I have a private practice course, the whole first section of the course is all about like vision and values and honing in on this with like guided practices and mindfulness stuff just to like really get that clarity to have those aha moments of like you know what this is the person that I can help and that I want to build that bridge for because it's going to be a really supportive and helpful bridge and then when you're writing whether that's for your website or for social media when you can picture that person, it's so much easier to speak to them. Yes. Um, and sometimes it's not going to speak to everyone. And that can feel scary. I think scarcity mindset can say, oh gosh, you're going to like, some people are going to be turned off by this or not resonate. But the truth is, is that that's actually okay. And that's actually a good thing for them too, because then they'll bounce off of your website onto one that is the right fit, right? And that saves everybody time and resources. And I think it, it does the clients a favor too. Um, and then there's enough, there's enough clients out there for, for all of us, right? We're just, we're, we got it. We're looking for and trying to speak to those who are the right fit for us. So yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I can say from just personal experience, how important doing that work beforehand to hone in on that was in my own sort of, you know, design and marketing process and branding process. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm really glad that you brought up that, that distinction because that's something that 
you know, between like trying to appeal to everyone versus trying to appeal to or connect with um, the people that you're, you're perfectly suited to help. Um, because I, th- I think that's something that pretty much every therapist that I've ever worked with has has dealt with, and myself mm-hmm. included. Mm-hmm. It's counterintuitive, right, to think that um, that kind of narrowing your focus will expand your reach because right. we want to you naturally think like okay I'm going to cast the widest net possible I'm going to try to just be appealing to everyone I'm going to try to be really well-rounded um things like that and then uh and then I'll have more chances to to get clients but like you said um when you focus in you're actually speaking to somebody and when when you're general, you're not really speaking to anybody. Like, and people can feel that on your website. Yeah. Um, just like yeah. I did in my therapy search process. And I know countless of other people in my life have experienced this too, of looking at therapy websites and being like, mm, but do they understand my experience? <laughs> you right. know? And I know right. like we're trained to be well-rounded and be, you know, we're able to hold space for a lot of different experiences right but we as humans just want to know that we can be held and Mm -hmm. as therapists we need to explicitly say that I mean like you know need to say on our websites like this is who I help this is who I'm perfectly suited to help and just in my own experience like as a designer right um I could work with with other types of businesses and probably be happy doing so but I know that my experience as a therapist helps me, um, you know, it, it perfectly positions me to be of best service to therapists. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something you said a little bit earlier just really touched me was like, as humans, we just want to know that we can be held, right? Like, oh, I love that. Like, we just want to know that we can be seen and that we can take up space in being held to share our experiences and that we're going to be, that space is going to be, you know, facilitated by or created by somebody who can understand us and then knows what to do when we open up some of those really vulnerable spaces in our heart um, and put it out there. And I think that, um, that yeah, a website can be that first sort of like holding space, right? <laughs> like for some of this. Hey there, Modern Therapist. Dr. Cassidy popping in here real quick to share a word about Modern Therapist Academy, podcasting for therapists, and the established therapist marketing toolkit. These are all my courses that are opening up their doors again, January 26 at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I only open the doors three times a year. So if you are considering launching a private practice or you're already established and you want to level up with marketing or you're hoping to start that dream podcast, go to the link in the show notes and you can learn more about my offerings and my courses that are opening up this January, the 26th, 2021. If this is your year to level up or start that business or start that podcast, I hope that you'll head to the link in the show notes to learn more. So when it comes to factoring in your personality into your website design as a therapist, right? And so I think that, you know, 
we're talking here about finding your niche and in that finding your voice and letting your voice really speak to that ideal client and to build that bridge. When it comes to design though, specifically design and even copywriting, like how do we as therapists factor in our personality? Yeah. Yep. So it's super important for your potential clients, your website visitors to feel your personality when they're on your website, because um, that's part of building the bridge too, you know, because your personality is going to be in the room, <laughs> whether right. we're doing virtual therapy or <laughs> in-person therapy. Um, You're telling me that we're not blank slates, Monica? <laughs> <laughs> no, contrary to popular belief. Right. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, your design and your copy can really support that. You know, it's more than, and this is what I do in my work, right? Like, as I said in the beginning, I'm passionate about translating that internal experience into visual language. So your design um, is the visual language of your brand, which is kind of just an extension of your personality. So as therapists, you know, starting to think about um, incorporating your design into your website, think about, um, well, a good starting place actually is just to look around you, like look around your office, look around your home, um, look at the clothes you wear, because these are, um, whether we're conscious of it or not, um, the things that we're drawn to as far as like decor aesthetics are ways that we express our personality. And so, um, so that's, that can be really like an easy way, an easy place to start for a lot of therapists because, um, most therapists, well, I shouldn't say most after this year, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) I'm going to say most therapists have like an office space that they've decorated. Um, Mm -hmm. but even, you know, your, your home office that you've set up, you know, like what are the choices that you make there and how to, how do those, um, say something about your personality um, and try to, you know, extend that to your website. So think, look at the colors that you're using. Could you use similar colors on your website? Um, Mm. So that can be a good place to start design-wise. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I know for me in my process, um, when I was Working on my website, I I did that. I, I looked to my office, but also just in my life, the colors that I was drawn to, um, and you know, just the the shapes I was even drawn to, and like I I really loved arches and thing and soft soft features and soft colors, and so this brings me though to a question. I think something that I have struggled with, um, in the past and would love to hear your thoughts on because something that I find when it comes to like social media and even the website is I really love things that feel aesthetically pleasing. Um, and I value beauty and how I define beauty is very personal, right? As I think it is for everybody. And that's important to honor and acknowledge what we mean when we say beauty. But for me, having something that feels aesthetically pleasing, that um, feels like when I put it out there, it's people are, their eye, it's going to catch somebody's eye. 
that has always felt important to me. And I've struggled with that because then I wonder, gosh, like, is it, if I, if I value something that's aesthetically pleasing and I put that out there, is, is that not, is that, is that not okay as a therapist, right? <laughs> to, to have something else that's beautiful and to want it to feel, cause it can look curated, you know? And I think that especially in the world of social media, everything, everything's curated and <laughs> you're always being bombarded with these beautiful images that can sometimes seem so perfect or like the highlight reels. And while I'm not necessarily sharing photos and photographs that um, are perfectly curated on my feed, I'm sharing more graphics and like my branding elements. Um, but sometimes I struggle with that, you know, like, can we put things out, out there that are so aesthetically pleasing, knowing that like what we're, what we hold space for is messy and mm-hmm. painful and hard and dark right? Um, for, for many folks at times. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Cause sometimes I, I kind of struggle with this and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Yeah. You're not the only one for sure. Um, I hear this from a lot of therapists and again, I've, I've felt it myself of, um, this kind of shame, honestly, that like creeps up about, uh, wanting, uh, things to be aesthetically pleasing or kind of feeling drawn to that. And it's almost like a fear of, um, you know, am I being vain by mm-hmm. focusing on this, this stuff? Um, and I, I really love the point that you brought up about, you know, social media and how it's it can be super curated and um, really just focusing on the highlight reel. But, um, but the thing... I want to portray is just that, um, you know, focusing on aesthetics isn't, um, for therapists doesn't have to be vanity. (laughs) Um, I think it can definitely cross that line, obviously, um, with the, with the age of social media and everything. But, um, again, think about that the, think about the space that you're creating so when somebody visits your Instagram page, if somebody visits your website, how are they going to feel? So putting a little bit of thought in and intention into how your feed looks, into how your website looks, shows care mm. to your potential clients. Um, it says something about the experience of working with you. So... I like to think about it like, um, again, bringing it back to kind of like the physical, right? Like we have, we have these therapy offices that, um, you know, therapists spend a lot of time and intention um, decorating their office, making sure it feels comfortable, cozy, you know, again, depending on, um, you know, your personality, the way that you style it can be totally different. But like, ultimately, you're trying to make your clients feel comfortable right? And yeah. safe because big messy stuff comes up in therapy and we're creating a container to hold all of that. And yeah. that's why, um, that's why that curation happens in the therapy office because, and this is why we're not having therapy in like a broom closet or, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or in like, um, 
an, a doctor's office like exam room, right? Although I did do therapy in an exam room for many years when I was a trainee and I could not wait. But that, that was a thing. It did not feel like it, like I did my best to as a person in that cold, sterile room with like literally like an exam table behind me with no windows for many years. I did my best as a, as a human to yeah. bring that warmth and the the kind of space that I wanted to hold for my clients based on my style into that space. But I could not wait to get my own office, to get my hands on my own office to design it. Right. I love what you're saying here, um, that having a space that feels aesthetically pleasing, that is that um, you know, maybe aligns with how you define beauty, it feels like a beautiful space to you. Um, it becomes this container for the all of the the pain and the messiness that we hold space for. And if you are designing a space that connects with you and that will then, you know, translate into connecting with the client that's the right fit for you, mm-hmm. then being in that space or landing on that website or seeing that post on social media will bring a sense of some sort of connection to that right person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even, you know, if it's, you know, for instance, I may be talking about something really painful like shame or grief in the post, but it's the the font and the colors and the other elements might be to me beautiful um, or aesthetically pleasing, but it's it's maybe going to draw that person's eye to that post because mm-hmm. it it's aesthetically pleasing to them. And then from there, then, then they get to read the things that are messy and hard, right? Um, and so I think that it, it's, I think I also can see it sort of as that bridge that you kind of spoke to before of an invitation in that feels good um, or feels connected. And then, and then you can hold that space for, for the humanness, right? The messiness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, again, you know, it's, um, I'm sure everybody's had the experience of kind of testing out therapists. I know it like just speaking from my own experience, there's been some therapy offices that I go in and I sit down and I'm like, this is not the space where I want to <laughs> do, yeah. you know, it just doesn't feel like um, me, you know, it might, it might be comfortable and cozy to other people, but it just exactly. doesn't feel quite yeah. right to me. So that, like right. you said, like that's, that's the bridge kind of entry point. And, um, yeah, so it's about creating that, um, creating that safe space and giving people a preview of what it's like to work with you. Yeah. So let's talk a little here as we're kind of coming towards the end. I want to talk a little bit about some of the nitty gritty design components, right? Um, when it comes to design, logos, fonts, color palettes, all of these things, you know, copywriting, (laughs) where do we start first when it comes to design and branding? So if somebody's listening to this and they're wanting to start take, you know, they want to take some steps to, to do that, to get a website or to rebrand or to start the branding process, design process, where do we start first when it comes to design and branding? Yeah. So I think it really depends on where you are in private practice. Um, I think at the beginning, the very beginning, uh, speaking about branding, I think everybody's kind of, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people's natural um, inclination is to be like, I need a logo 
like the logo is always like the first thing. Yeah. When you're at the very beginning, I don't think personally that um, a logo is priority number one. I think the first priority is, is getting a website, getting a website up and running. Um, It doesn't have to be perfect, especially well ever, right? (laughs) Like it ever has to be perfect, but um, you know, at the beginning, you just need a place for people to um, learn about you, feel the type of space that you hold, and contact you. So it's okay if you don't know everything about your business yet. It's okay if you don't know um, who you most want to help yet. You'll get there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. priority number one is a website. So that's like at the very beginning of private practice. If you're a little bit further along and you've you know you're graduating beyond that kind of starter website that you um, built for yourself, then that's where you could start look uh, looking to upgrade your website, you know, making it more in line with your personality, whether that means um, changing the colors, getting professional headshots taken, um, maybe consulting a, a web designer or uh, purchasing a template that's designed for you. And then um, from there, you know, kind of further along in private practice, when you, let's say you have, you know, pretty steady caseload, um, but you're looking to up level, whether that means filling out your caseload or scaling, um, mm-hmm. that's when you can look into more kind of extensive brand yeah. design, whether that yeah. means hiring a designer or doing it yourself. Um, I, but again, it goes back to that concept of like needing to know a lot about your business and having that foundation in place so that somebody or whether you hire somebody or do it yourself, you know, you can create something that's very aligned and will help kind of aid that scaling process. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 This, so a lot of these points that you spoke to here, um, I can kind of speak to in my own experience and process. So when I first started my private practice, I literally just, I think it was on WordPress had, I just made it myself with like one of their templates, um, just like a landing page. Like it, there was no like other buttons you could press. It was just like literally a landing page mm-hmm. with a photo of me, I think, and just text that said a little bit about me and how you could get in touch. And that was it because mm-hmm. I was starting off and I just needed that landing page for people to be able to go to. So I had some sort of online identity and, and, and home, you know, um, mm-hmm. for, you know, because at that point, my referrals were going to be coming from colleagues or other providers in the area. And I wanted to be able to give them at least a website to give um, their, but the potential referrals to, to go kind of mm-hmm. land on, you know, and, and that was going to work. Be- that was going to work great in the beginning because the people who were going to be landing on that page would get that website, like, that link, that website from a trusted other provider. And so my at, the, at that point in time, my website didn't have to be perfect to just get started. Yep. And it helped. It was a great starting off place. And then, then though, I really like, I really wanted to have that like 
perfectly beautiful, not perfect, beautifully designed website. Um, and so I, I think I moved a little too quickly into hiring somebody to do a full custom website. So I just at that point in time really didn't know yet mm-hmm. who my ideal client was um, and what my aesthetic was going to be in the design process. I found somebody that I like I really admired and I just kind of gave gave them the reins, but I didn't have a ton of input. And so I spent a lot of money on a website that I ended up totally rebranding and changing just a couple years later. And so that was a huge expense that I think I could have avoided Mm -hmm. if I had just given myself a little bit of space to, to even know where to start in terms of having my own sense so that I was really able to give feedback on the design process and have my style and my voice kind of show up in that space. Um, And so I think that maybe the next step would have been, like you mentioned, um, a template um, would have been great. And from there, kind of getting a little bit more um, customized, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think that a lot of times folks, they see these websites that are fully customized and personalized um, and, you know, but there was a lot of money that went into that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't until, you know, uh, finally I was, you know, at a point in my practice where I was like, okay, I had already had this huge expense that I probably could have saved when I was first starting off. Um, And now it's, it's a no brainer to make this change because I'm bringing in a lot more income and I've diversified my income and it just makes sense now. And I really have clarity on what I want my website to be able to do at a really custom level. Mm -hmm. Um, And at that point, I think would have been the right decision at that point to then go the fully customized route for me and what I needed, right? And for Mm -hmm. some therapists, they might not ever need that. Um, But I wanted a website that had – you know, pages for my e-courses and for, um, you know, podcast episodes and all those sort of things. And so, yeah, I think that I'm so glad that you kind of named that here because it's something that I wish I had heard um, when I first started off. Yeah, it's so, it's something that I'm actually really passionate about. It's, it's, it's been kind of hard for me, um, you know, as a designer, you know, I, I got into this work and I wanted to help everybody. <laughs> like I wanted to help every therapist that I came across. And as I started doing the work, I realized that, um, you know, I wasn't, the, the work wasn't as effective when I was working with people that were early in private practice. Um, and I, that didn't sit right with me, you know, like I want people to have a big return on the, on their investment. And so now I actually, I don't work with people on a custom level if they um, don't have like a couple years of private practice under their belt, at least already. Um, just for the exact reason, like everything you were just talking about, you know, like I want, um, in order for the design process to go well, um, and for you to get the biggest return on your investment, there has to be that foundation in place. And there are so many other options before custom design. Like I know the custom websites are shiny and they look really appealing, but there's, um, there are plenty of other options for you to have a great website that, that don't involve hiring a custom designer, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Okay, so share with us here a little bit um, about where people can find you and some of the offerings that you have. Yeah, so my website is holdspacecreative.com. And um, in addition to custom design, I offer Squarespace website templates for therapists. Um, and I also have copy templates. So I can help you with the design and the copy portion of your website. Um, I also, speaking about, you know, before we were talking about personality, I have a free personality quiz for therapists. Mm-hmm. That can take. Um, it's holdspacecreative.com slash quiz. And you can take a little, um, I think it's 10 question quiz to find out your uh, personality. And I've kind of compiled a brand style guide for each personality type. So if you need some direction in terms of like what colors to use on your website, fonts, things like that, that could be a good place to start. I love it. Gosh, I could have used that when I first started (laughs) off. Monica, thank you so much for taking the time to share all of this with us. I'm so excited to share this episode with all of the therapists. I really could have used this conversation and hearing all these things um, when I first started off and just kind of (laughs) learned a lot with bumps in the road along the way. Um, So thank you, Monica, so much. And for anybody who's listening um, and interested in finding more about Monica's offerings and her work, I'm going to share all those links in the show notes. You can go straight there to click those links. Again, Monica, thank you so much. So grateful that you took the time to have this conversation with me today and for all of your thoughts on design and branding and marketing for therapists. It's something that we don't get taught in school, but is so important for us as business owners. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. I really hope you enjoyed the information that was shared in this episode. Ready to build or grow your modern private practice? Click the link in the show notes for Modern Therapist Academy, a comprehensive e-course to support you in building and growing your private practice. Thank you for inviting me and my guests into your day. Be sure to subscribe so you can be the first to hear when new episodes launch. Have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your day.